Welcome everybody back from, I hope, a very eventful week of wrestling viewing. It's like the Super Bowl for wrestling fans, and this is like the after party of the Super Bowl for wrestling fans right here on the Wrestling Wars podcast. I got my main man, uh, the the fan of four eras, Mr. Get the Fuck Off My Long, the Shockmaster's here with me. Give his thoughts on the biggest WrestleMania ever. That we're gonna go. We're gonna cover a little bit of NXT Takeover as well. We're gonna cover our thoughts in the uh, what the week was like in wrestling uh, following WrestleMania, which is basically kind of you know their 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 season premiere, their new uh, new season of shows starting off, so to speak, uh, the wrestling equivalent um, with Raw and SmackDown. Um, so, Shocky, how's it going? Ready to rock? I'm good, man. How about you? Uh, well, it took me this many days to you know get recovered from. Um, seven hours of wrestling fun on sunday so uh, but i think i'm good i think i'm good to go now yeah uh, yeah you were two and a half hours for takeover four hours for hall of fame <laughs> seven hours yeah really that you know what was funny is 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 when tuesday came around i'm sitting there and like i'm like this is how brainwashing works this is how indoctrination works because tuesday went came around and i was just sitting there and i'm like man i got no wwe to watch what the fuck is this like <laughs> And I, I, I'm like, I, I just watched 14 hours of WWE programming yeah, over the Yeah, yeah. So, a um, lot of split opinions. And something that I thought I heard that I really liked a lot um, over the weekend from, uh, over the week, uh, listening to all my, my MLW uh, subscriptions, my all my MLW podcasts that I like, uh, is those guys said, you know, what they did, is they basically built themselves a fort. They built themselves a cocoon of fun, casual fan, feel-good moments to uh, insulate them from the fact that this show really kind of fucking sucked. Like, if you ask somebody who, who didn't really know what they were looking at or, you know, uh, just watches wrestling once a year, oh, well, I had fun. Stone Cold was there. He he stunned that guy who had the booty cereal. Um, you know, the Rock came out. He lit some shit on fire. That was fucking cool. They beat up those guys with the beards. John Cena was on the show. I mean, it was a fun show. What, what are you guys talking about? It was a fun time. It was not a fun time. I didn't have fun. What do you think of that, Chucky? I, I'm with you. It just we last year. We we had the similar build, very disappointed with the build of Mania, but man, Mania thirty one really came out of nowhere and just yeah, fucking yeah, grabbed us by the throat and like this is an awesome show. So we had such low expectations for it. Kind of the same deal this year, but you know what? Hey, last two Manias have been pretty damn good, and we got to this Mania and it was a letdown. And in, like you said, it was just it was a weak card. It was weak going in. The matches were weak. We thought something was going to come up and. No, it's just, here, let's throw a bunch of old... How about we have our tag team champions lose? lose. And then a bunch of guys that have been retired for 13 years average between the three of them beat up the team that just beat up your tag team champions. Oh, and the tag God. team champions. And, yeah. the tag um, and I've seen a lot of people... And on one hand, I agree, and on one hand, I don't agree. But I've heard a lot of people on all the podcasts really short of sort of shitting on both Raw and Mania because they say Raw, the continuity between Raw and Mania was just bizarro world, just fucked, right? Like, just 
nothing like you know gimmick or uh stipulations didn't matter anymore and you just undid everything from mania and so you can look at it one of two ways that mania is their closure from the year before or mania is okay watch all these stipulations watch all these big matches and so you can get excited to see what we've got coming up in the next year but either way they kind of really fucked it up because if it's See what we got for Mania so it gets you excited to stick around and watch into the next year. Well, once again, um, they invalidated, I mean, the big stipulation with Shane and The Undertaker. Uh, yeah. Just completely undone the next night. Who gives a shit? Because uh, Vince Shane is in charge anyways. And then they go on to have a completely normal Monday Night Raw after all that shit talking and burying of the product. And Shane's going to be like, things are going to be so much better and so much different when I run things. And then he gets on there. And it's just another fucking episode of Raw, besides being, you know, high quality and entertaining. But the but structurally, and the way things the show went, and the way the show felt, it was just another episode of Raw. On the other hand, if you say, okay, well, it shouldn't be that connected with continuity-wise, because it was their closure. It's their big show that provides closure for the year. Well, okay, then, then if that's the case, then your closure is all the fucking bad guys won. So what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was a very uh, heel-laden victory, you know. For I mean, even though Taker Taker was the heel in that match, I guess you can say, and he won, you know. Did we have to really figure that out? <laughs> yeah, and then Reigns, and Reigns obviously, you know, was not the... <clears throat> Not the live crowd's uh, favorite, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it was just when, when you go through that card. Eh, we'll get to it later, but it's just it was such an oddly booked show, and just kind of let you scratching your head. And it's just like you said, there was no real closure. I mean, you. What are even? Where do you even start? Could we start where it, the show was made meaningless by the fact that uh, the next night on Raw they had a fatal four-way for the number one contendership and three out of the four guys announced for the match lost at WrestleMania? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, and, then, I get... and then Cesaro gets thrown in, and as much as I love Cesaro, what the fuck did he do to deserve being in a number one contenders match? He stayed off that shit card. <laughs> He's two matches away from being the world champion. A man who... Uh, do you even remember what he was doing when he got hurt? Was he... They were still... Still tagged... No, he was not tagged up with... He was having... Really good matches with John Cena. I think that was the last thing I remember him doing. Yeah, that was it. it well, you're so talking about... So go from there to being on the shelf, then you come back, you're two victories away from being the world champion. Well, Zack Ryder hadn't won a match in two years, as KB so <laughs> clearly pointed out on your last podcast, and he walked out with the IC title at Mania. I'm, so, I'm surprised uh, they didn't make it a a, a five-way and throw David Otunga in there. To, yeah, know, it's just because, hey. might as well. I mean, he hasn't won a, won a match on TV in four years. Hey, I guess he'll be the next one due. Yeah. Um. So, that was invalidated. There's really... The fact that he's now the number one contender, what what even beginning of, of logic or sense does it fucking make to have AJ Styles lose that match clean? 
unless they're setting up something else with Jericho and they're, they're going to extend that feud even more, but you would think with styles beating Jericho on raw that that kind of closes that feud off and they go off and do their own thing. But well, that even if you were setting up for, for further stuff with, with, with Jericho down the road, then you have Jericho fucking cheat. Yeah. There's ways yeah. to have people lose and still protect them. Yeah. And, and I get, yeah. And that would have been a perfect close because, you know, Jericho's so jealous of him and hates him so much. They get to this big stage and Jericho does everything he can. He just cannot fucking beat this guy. And so he resorts to fucking cheating, takes the easy way out, wins the match. Everybody's pissed, but at least you give Jericho the win in the feud. But AJ Styles, you know, didn't really, quote unquote, lose the fucking match. Yeah, because the it's okay gets... if he's the number one contender. You have the guy say, oh, well, he got fucked over last night, but I'm going to give him his fair shot at the, at the number one contendership tonight, and then and then he wins the one number one contendership. Yeah, the ending of that Mania match was almost ass-backwards of the way you described it, because it was almost Styles getting in desperation mode on how to beat Jericho. Yeah. <laughs> it just... Yeah, it just... it. And he was the one that made the mistake, the simple mistake, which is I find I, I don't have a problem with Jericho winning. It's the way in which that match was booked at the end. And, and like, you, you hit it, you know, no, no heel tactics in a, in a feud where Jericho was clearly frustrated with Styles and you didn't really see that frustration come to fruition. Um, another thing that a lot of people had a big problem with. And funny enough, on this one, I'm kind of on the side of the WWE, and I don't really mind it that much. Um, the Zack Ryder Intercontinental title saga of WrestleMania and then Raw. Um, what were your thoughts, man, on, first of all, you know, him winning, and then just the, whole, the way the whole thing went down? Uh, the, oh, oh, boy. Um, well, it clearly shows you that, when the WWE has a storyline in mode, they are not breaking from it. That was Neville. Neville, Neville, Neville. That was his spot to win that. I think so. I think that that was all for Neville, and Zack Ryder was simply plugged in to the Neville role because they didn't want to change the story. I don't mind it. Yeah, it gives you a nice little shock to start the show. Yeah, well, that's the story that came out of Mania was that the decision was made day of. Yeah. So to me, that says we just wanted to start the show off with a feel-good, you know, anything could Holy shit, it's the big night, it's WrestleMania, anything can happen. I absolutely love, and this is the only time I'll say something really positive about The Miz, but The Miz winning with getting Maurice back into the picture, that's something that he needs, because he drastically needs something to help booster him, and you get almost the female equivalent of The Miz with the cocky ego, matching, oh, paired up, that's going to be something beautiful. You know, because it's you're gonna want to see those two go down. I would love to see Miz get a stable man, like where he does more talking for these guys than and then he does wrestling. You know what I'm saying? He's mostly out of the ring, and it's because he's trying to attract people the way he was trying to do with Neville, but actually have it work with a few people. Yeah. So he has some guys with, that are some good workers that don't necessarily have the charisma, but but but. Or the mic skills, and Miz is working the mic for him. He's telling them about how he's going to get him into Hollywood if they just do this, this, and this, like, etc. To where you can utilize the best assets of Miz, but we don't have to like watch Miz matches that often. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he's a good mouthpiece. Yeah, absolutely. A, he, he can get a crowd fired up. Um, but yeah, I think it did serve its purpose. You get Zack Ryder. He gets his moment, you know, and it it sets this 
the stage for the show. Like, hey, anything can happen at WrestleMania yeah. 32. Yep. Nothing really did. Yeah, nothing <laughs> did. But and then on Raw, it makes you well. This you know, I got I got to watch because we got title changes that can possibly happen. You know, something. Okay, big so I guess we I guess we agree. A lot of people were super pissed. Like, oh, you devalued fucking the Intercontinental title, and what are you doing to Zack Ryder? And blah 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 blah. How, how do you devalue two things that don't have any value? That have no value, exactly. <laughs> At least, exactly. And then you so you tell a story with them, and that's what they were doing with that. It was yeah. a, a feel good moment to start off the show to get everybody hyped, and hey, anything could happen tonight. And then you know you move on with somebody who you see as a legitimate IC title. Uh, holder in the Miz, which you know that's a whole other fucking thing. But yeah, I mean, this isn't Christian and Randy Orton with the world title, even though yeah. that ended up being a bust ass feud throughout the summer. We're not getting that from Zack Ryder and the Miz, you know. <laughs> and this alleviates my concerns about uh, you know, the hype bros going away. I was very upset. Yeah, <laughs> there is that. Um, so other thoughts on Mania. This is this is interesting. Tell me what you think of this. Okay, first of all. I I assume we both uh, loved the women's title match. Yes, I mean it, it. It had its it had its slight botches, but for I mean there were botches, there were fuck ups. Yeah. I mean uh, Becky were... Becky Lynch's titty popped out and she went on the floor, <laughs> and I was like, oh fuck, is she gonna get in trouble? Uh, I mean there was and and Charlotte was having boob issues as well. Um, but you know aside from the sloppiness, the botches, and the 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 titty pop outs. Uh, it was pretty damn good. I, yes. I would say, you know, the match of the night, even though it still had its issues. Um, yes. My main concern here is, and especially with the fact that the w- women's title looks the same as the world title, and they sent Charlotte with Roman Reigns to do Good Morning America or the Today Show, or whatever the fuck it was. So, in a way, I think what they're trying to do, branding-wise, is position the women's title right up next to the men's title. Is Should that? Be. Do you think that that's a, that's a fair way to I, say that that's what they're trying to do? I, I think so. I, okay, so yeah. here comes my issue. Okay. The men's roster is like 50 people. The women's roster... It's about five. (laughs) Right. If you want to talk about women's, for real, women's wrestlers. Yes. And I'm counting Summer Rae. For anybody out there wondering what I'm talking, I'm counting Charlotte, Sasha Banks, Becky, Natalia, and Summer Rae. People laugh, Summer Rae, but that's because they didn't fucking watch her stuff down in NXT. She is not nearly on the level of those other four girls, but if she's in the ring with one of those four girls, she can be led and do well. To where yeah, it's it, not a, a fucking chore. Um, I still think there's potential there with Paige and Emma. Yeah, Paige and Emma are there too. Okay, but even still. Seven. Okay. On to seven. They're biting off this... I, I just don't know if they're biting off more than they can chew. With, oh, the women's title is right there with the men's title. The belts look the same. We're going to take this seriously. This is going to be a serious thing. And then you have... Seven people. All right. Well, hi, I'll throw a hypothetical at it. Yeah. Bailey and Asuka come up sometime later this year. That puts it up to what? Nine. Okay. How many people legit have a shot at 
a world title match throughout the year. How big is that world title division? Yeah, there might be 50 men on the roster, but that division, the people that are legit contenders, it's got to be no more than a dozen. If you can get it, if you can get it to 10, if you can manage to get it to 10, then they might they could be okay. They could be all right. Yeah. Um but that's that's going to be stretching. It's going to be stretching. Because that's 10 people who don't get hurt. That's 10 people who don't ever tend to time off. That's, you know what I mean? Yeah, oh yeah, no doubt. Okay, uh, you're right. There could be only 10 to 12 contenders for the world title at any one time. But as we saw this year, um, people get hurt. Holes need to be filled. If you are stretch, your entire division of serious wrestlers is 10 people, you have no margin for error. Yeah, so but you also have a lot less. You have a lot less exposure with the women too, so you that can kind true. of pro- you can true. protect that ten that group of ten longer than you can the men because the men are so overexposed. The women get maybe one two matches a week on Raw. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. It'll just be it'll be interesting to see where it goes. I heard somebody suggest too if they build it the right way, and I agree. Especially if they go the direction with the world title that we're going to talk about later that we've discussed. Um, if they build it the right way, Charlotte and Sasha could main event not just a Raw, but maybe one of the B-Show pay-per-views. I think so. And I think that that might be something that they would like to do. The WWE, I'm talking about. I think that they would like to be able to say that they did that. Yeah, I mean, maybe not one of your established B shows just yet, but one of those surprise ones, like Elimination Chamber last year. Yep. yep you know, yep. You, let's say, hey, let's let's screw it, let's just do it. This is that you know women's World Cup effect and that Ronda Rousey effect. Ronda Rousey effect is what you it know, is. Yep. You know, the the women in sports is becoming a big big deal and it's being taken more seriously. And can I just say how I much I love Renee Young? <laughs> the job. big dump and shit that she took all over the divas division <laughs> when Lita brought out the new title, <laughs> and and with the death of the divas division, the Bellas nowhere Gone. in sight. Yes. Oh God! I mean, it is. It's a culture shift, and the the women on Monday night they did look genuinely happy at the beginning of that promo before the stupid Fucking crowd crap. made it. Yeah. You know, became you know it was all about themselves at that point, but. You know, it, it looks like a legit weight has been taken off of the women's, you know, on the other shoulders. That this this diva thing has just been a taboo that they're stuck with. It's fitting that this this show has been getting made for coming up on a year, I believe. And on the first, very first episode of the very first segment of this show was me and KB taking a fat, steaming shit all over the divas division. And me talking about how... If you go back, I'm sitting there and I'm sitting on this show and I'm saying it sounds like I'm talking crazy talk. And I'm saying, hey, if you guys go back and you watch from 96, 97, Medusa versus Kira Hokuto versus Bull Nakano, you will see that the women's women's wrestling can have a pretty badass spot in the middle of the card and put together some pretty badass matches that even especially in the WWE where, you know, it's been known as a big guy, a big man territory. They're almost like your cruiserweights in the stuff that they can do in the type of matches that they can put off. Um, And then here we are almost a year later and 
we've got it. It's fucking correct. The women's match was one of the most anticipated. Uh, you know, it was. I, I can't. That's something that was fucking incredible to me. We're watching it on the pay per view, and they're showing the promo art on the outside of the building, and the people on the poster are the world title, Shane and Undertaker slash Ambrose Brock, depending on which poster, and then the girls. Yeah. Just incredible, man. Awesome. Yeah, and, and, and kudos, too, because I, I sent this to you during the night. I thought Becky Lynch really stood out in that match. I, I've kind of been down on her as <laughs> yeah, the worst. She sure of, did. No, I'm just Well, kidding. yeah. <laughs> but, um, they, they had that attempt to keep Banks and Charlotte away from each other, and so much of that match fell on Lynch carrying it. Yep. And she did a damn good job. And like I said, I was, I was blown away mostly by her. Not that the other two had a bad night, but she definitely stood out to me. So, uh, speaking of people having a bad night, (laughs) did Shane and The Undertaker really fucking need to be 25 minutes long? I thought it was 30, is what it officially clocked in. Maybe it took 25 minutes to get to the part that anybody gave a fuck about. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. 10 minutes. Tops! In and out! Let's go! Undertaker beats the shit out of him for eight or nine minutes because it's fucking Shane McMahon against the Undertaker. And then Shane, you know, pulls out some sort of trick, some sort of weapon. They set up the big crazy spot. Shane goes for it all because he has to in desperation because it's the fucking Undertaker. And then we get, you know, then we go to the finish that they gave. Uh, (laughs) Did not go that way. No, Shane McMahon kicking out of the parade of Undertaker finishers is so fucking frustrating. The choke slam, the last ride. Yeah, I get it if you're Brock Lesnar. I get it if you're some big name full-time guy. Fucking Shane McMahon kicking out of any <laughs> and surviving any of the Undertaker's finishers. I think that he's the first person to get out of Hell's Gate. He might He might be. I, every major match. No, yeah. maybe, the, maybe Brock broke it, but I don't remember... Yeah, no, Brock's tapped. That's right, Brock fucking passed out. <laughs> passed out in the fucking Hell's Gate. But not only did Shane McMahon get out of it, but he reversed it into a shitty-ass sharpshooter. What the fuck? Oh, my God. <laughs> it just makes it even Yeah, That whole match, and we get it, when, when it was announced, and then when we were begrudgingly, we realized that we were stuck with this match, and we knew it was all set up for the big spot. So you take how Which, many minutes? By the way, Fairfax <laughs> to Shane McMahon, that was fucking ridiculous. Like, yes. I'm sitting there, and I'm like, that's not even the same cell. I was telling my wife, I'm like, that's not even the same cell that fucking Foley fell off of. They made yeah. it higher so that nobody yeah. could ever do it again. <laughs> and then, and it, he, then he fucking did it. Like, it, oh, my gosh. And as you and I stated when it happened, as awesome as the visual it was and as big as a risk it took, how the fuck do you let your director or cameraman oh show God. the airbag under the table to completely take away I was so every damn frustrated? Like, okay, it's a it's a detail, and probably a lot of people out there didn't notice it. But to me, like the guy risked his fucking life. Risked his life in this spot. And over and over, you show the fucking airbag fucking underneath the damn table and fuck up the illusion. Mm. Just 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a, it was a safe spot, but safe in context. He still has to hit the finish. table. Yeah. He still has to hit the table. Yeah. <laughs> and you yeah. and they oh, and then they just they blew it. Yeah, but I, this is if this I is, was coming out of the back to um to fight Satan incarnate in a steel cage, I probably wouldn't come out with my kids. No. I'm just saying. They do this whole build up where it's like your blood your son's blood is gonna be on my hands and I'm gonna fucking kill his ass and blah 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 and then he puts his small children in the front row to watch it. Yeah, the Undertaker's such, already uh, such an element of danger here. Uh the Undertaker's already crucified his sister once on TV, so <laughs> and with a black wedding. So well, let's just bring our kids out. He's he's not like he's above torturing McMahon's. I don't know. I, I'm more concerned with the Undertaker. He needs a good dance partner because to me, this is three Mania matches in a row for him that have just not been good. You know who would have been perfect for it this year, or who you know if he wants to come back next year. I mean, obviously the match was supposed to be Cena, but Seth fucking Rollins, man. Oh my god, how fucking just. Uh... Because, you know, you know, Rollins grew up a huge fan and, you know, would just flip-flop and fly like fucking none other for the Undertaker's offense. And oh, yeah. Just they could have a goddamn a beautiful match. Um, but, well, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> so do, you, do we even want to go into... I mean, what is there to say about the fucking main event? What it, bro? It, that's what, <laughs> I don't know. You know, it is the same exact thing that happened at WrestleMania 25. This you have this crazy, intense, insane build of ultra violence and hatred. Headlock takeover, chin lock. Headlock, yeah, and Let's then you, and you have a wrestling match, <laughs> and a, not no, a very no, good I one. Can at defend, that. I can defend some of that because I think it was it was it was supposed to be positioned as. Um, Triple H thought that that was going to be the way he was going to be able to retain the title would be to not engage in a fight with this guy to wrestle around him and use his frustration against him to outsmart him to make him make a mistake. I think that's what he was they were going with there. Yeah. Um, but it was still just way too long and not enough fire and not set up right and the crowd had been there for seven and a half hours and that's not me joking the building literally opened seven and a half hours before the fucking show before the that match WrestleMania, in and of itself, was four hours and 52 minutes long with a two-hour pre-show. Remember, I was I was telling you that on text. I said, I think what their plan is is they're going to get the crowd so exhausted that they're not going to have the fucking rage left in them to boo the fucking shit out of Roman Reigns, which was not com- entirely correct because they still booed the fucking shit out of Roman Reigns. They even put an extra hour in to wear the crowd down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, still... yeah. It was an Iron Man match. It was a war of attrition with the crowd. We're just gonna outlast you until this match comes out, and then you then you have you'll have at least <laughs> you won't be making any fucking noise, but at least you won't be thunderously booing our new champion. Um, yeah, they almost got a pop out of it when he peer- he speared uh, Steph. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was one. There was one. Um, 
Yeah. And I think the initial reaction when he won the title, people flipped out because it was a title change, and then they realized like, oh, it was Roman God. Reigns. It's like fuck. So I think with that though, we can move move into the good stuff, which is it. It looks like, and anybody who's a loyal listener of the show knows that me and you and me and KB and one hundred percent every fucking time I bring this up, I mention it, and it. We it almost looks like it's it's starting to get there. Roman Reigns. I'm not gonna say the H word, but it looks like he's at least gonna lean towards tweener. He most definitely came out Monday night and was dismissive towards the guys in the ring and his line of I'm not a bad guy, I'm not a good guy, I am just the guy. The entire way he conducted himself, and especially, I take it from the from our conversations that you have not watched SmackDown. I have not, but especially the way he acted on SmackDown. Furthermore, makes me think that we are getting a change to Roman Reigns' character, and they are going to Im- at at the very, le- if not a full monster heel run, they are at the very least gonna embrace the hate. They need to. I mean, yeah, it, it might not be necessarily the big H word, but letting Roman be more like Roman Reigns, you know, like how Austin says, be yourself, just turn it up a little bit more. You know, and what we've, what we've said for the last year on here, Roman is built like a Greek god. He beats people's asses. He should be a cocky bastard. And, you know, with the fans booing him, you know, you don't have to like me. I'm not, I'm not a bad guy. I'm not a good guy. But I got this big old belt on my shoulder. I'm the fucking guy right now. Yep. And you don't gotta like it, but no one's taking it. It's so it's it's just perfect. It's perfect for him. It's perfect for the situation. And this is what I you know what I put to you before. And this is what I would do and what I would love to see happen. What his amount of exposure on both Raw and SmackDown this week was perfection. You have him cut a short, fairly dismissive promo. Hey, I'm the fucking man now, and nobody's taking it from me, and I don't care if people boo me. You know, much love to those people who still cheer for me? Cool. I know a lot of you don't like me, and that's okay, too, but nobody's taking this belt. And then he goes away for the rest of the show. No meaningless tag matches. No getting beat clean nine times by the fucking U.S. champion. (laughs) No, if he ever is in a match, most weeks he should not be in a match because he's the world champion. But if he is in a match, it should be under five minutes and he should just fucking destroy whoever he's wrestling. And uh, now, mind you, with this, I would recommend he should be on the house shows working 20-minute, 25-minute, 30-minute matches so he can still gain that experience, so he can still get that seasoning. And so you give – because that's how house shows used to work. The house show cards would be way more stacked than the TV cards because, they, you know, it's all live gate. They want you to give – they want to give you an attraction to draw you out to the live show. So I would still have him headline in matches, the house shows, and put on big matches, 20, 25-minute matches. Um so you can still get that experience. You got that draw. But on TV, short promo, I'm the man. Come get some. He comes to the pay-per-view. He puts on one of those 20, 25-minute matches. Comes out victorious. You have him ro- keep on rolling. And, man, we got ourselves a hell of a road 
to a possible shield triple threat, which will explode Orlando next year at WrestleMania. That's yeah, that, that that's that match is happening at some point and it's going to be at a WrestleMania. Um, it, the, 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 the line is like just stacking up for reigns to have a decent heel run. When you look at the amount of young faces on the, uh, the young likable faces on, well, the guess what? There's, there's <laughs> one, there's one old face that's there. That's going to make a hell of a summer uh, feud. I think. Yes. Mr. John Cena, <laughs> which yes. is going to be fucking great. Yeah, I think that's your SummerSlam main event, you know, at this point. Um, but you, you got Seth Rollins, who is going to be a face upon his return. A massive, massive fucking face. baby face. When you, still have, back. you still have Dean Ambrose. You have AJ Styles, which is an old hand that is going to make Reigns look like gold. And, you know, and it's going to yeah. get that. Necess- yeah, that, yeah, that match. At, oh, my God. Between the workers involved and the crowd in Chicago. It's gonna be yeah. fucking bananas. I can't yeah, the, wait for that show. The the internet will the internet will explode when you know Reigns beats Styles. We all know it's gonna happen. But Styles is gonna get a damn good match out of Reigns. They had well, good interaction at the Royal the Rumble. Yeah, and then you you got a possible face turn for the Wyatts, which you know oh, a that's face a whole... Wyatt against Roman Reigns. Yep, would be very yeah. interesting. You have enough there for Roman Reigns to do. And to keep Ambrose and Rollins away from him <laughs> until you get in the mania season next year. You could wait till, well, SummerSlam, we just said it'll probably be. But you know what another ma- good match for that Brooklyn crowd would be? A halfway tweener turn for fucking Kevin Owens. And you do Kevin Owens and Reigns in front of a crowd that's going to boo the shit out of Reigns. <laughs> cheer yeah. the shit out of Kevin Owens. That yeah. would be fantastic, too. And, of course, you have Sami Zayn. Fuck up. Fucking costing the match. I want to see... Sami Zayn and and Kevin Owens circle each other forever. I yes. want to see they don't ever necessarily have one-on-one crazy matches, but every time one's in a title match, the other one is bound to show up and fuck them over. Every time they're in the Royal Rumble, they just go right for each other and try to kill <laughs> each other. And then we work all the way down to a match at next year's WrestleMania. I think that would be fucking awesome and old school. Yeah, that God, I mean, we're already playing fantasy booking with 365 days away, but yep. we th- those are two good matches right there <laughs> that I would pay money for. Speaking of awesome and old school, last Friday night, baby, NXT TakeOver Dallas. What, what, what'd you think, man? Oh, man, you're, you're talking about a show that is going to be tough to beat for show of the year. At the yeah. you know it is oh I don't even know where we want to start but you know when the worst match on the card is Baron Corbin and Austin Aries which was would have been would have been a fine uh, main event of any of their weekly TV shows yes uh, you're you're talking about a good show you know you're talking about a great show yeah uh, American Alpha and the revival I mean the crowd was so, oh my god American Alpha so fucking into it jason jordan is crying on the way to the ring like it's just like just so much emotion and like it was an insane match that kept you on the edge of your seat great fucking tag team wrestling motherfucker man that was a good match and that was steiners versus brain busters yeah (laughs) 2016 yeah i love i I love it because you know i I really 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 love the revival versus enzo and Cass at uh roadblock 
Yeah. And, you know, the way they were able to cut to cut the ring in half. Uh, you know, it was a whole different style of match of what we got at the takeover event. But you saw Revival trying to do their chicken shit and the athleticism of American Alpha just would not let re- the Revival get into their groove of what how they would like to dictate a match. And it was just, I thought it was perfect storytelling. Perfect. Great win. Uh, super excited to see. Because what's great about American Alpha and why they should hold the titles probably for the rest of the year is those guys are so over and are so fucking good. Just put put people together. Put a tag team together and have them feud with them. You're going to get good matches. You're going to yeah. get good matches. You're going to get matches that pop the crowd. You can't go wrong. They can be, you know, the backbone of that division for the rest of the year. Easy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because you don't want I don't want them called up. Fuck no. Hell no. (laughs) Well, especially, I mean, no, the tag team division is kind of loaded now up top, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. So, no. And, uh, uh, you know, incidentally, uh, NXT's tag division is a little bit left, left a little bit bone dry here. Yeah. You got, you've got a revival in American Alpha for the next couple months. I would assume until the next takeover. Yeah, they'll they'll get their rematch at some point, but um, other than that, yeah, we gotta they gotta get the ball rolling, you know. Because... Well, somebody can you even think of another tag team down there, Blake and Murphy? But uh, I think that's kind of kind of outlived its usefulness. Hype Brothers. Oh yeah, <laughs> how fucking dare I fucking forget the Hype Brothers? Yeah, the Hype Brothers. Um, I mean that crowd wants to boo them enough as it is. It <laughs> yeah. would be a bad idea. Yes, it would. Um. So yeah, I can see them being the, okay, and then let's let's go ahead and get to what everybody wants to hear about. Now, I have heard I've heard both sides. It's about a 75-25 split. But first of all, before I say this, we we go into the evaluation of the match. I would like to just go ahead and take my little victory lap and hold the belt above my head. <laughs> And one night, because I'm going to be switching to night shift next next month, and so I'll be up all night by myself on a lot of nights on my days off. And maybe I'm just enough of a grudge holder. I'm a little bit like like ancient history, like how people back in the medieval times in the Roman Empire used to fucking hold grudges forever. I'm a grudge holder. I really am. And I will come back around. I forgive, but I do not forget. <laughs> and I did not forget. All you motherfuckers who argued with me for like eight hours on Twitter during the summertime about how Shinsuke Nakamura wasn't going to have his fucking name when he showed up at the WWE. Oh, people in America won't know him. Oh, he won't translate. Oh, they're going to repackage him. They're going to rename him. Even though I brought up all of these perfectly valid fucking comparisons to people who were lesser stars than Shinsuke Nakamura who got to keep their names and keep their gimmicks. Hello, Austin Aries and Samoa Joe and AJ Styles. All this stuff had happened. And no, nobody would hear it. Well, guess what? Shinsuke Nakamura versus Sami Zayn. It went down. It was fucking bananas. On to the evaluation of the match. It's about 75-25, maybe closer to 80-20. 80% of people saying that this is a fucking runaway, no conversation needed, fucking classic in the match of the year by far. 
20% of the people say, you know what, it was cool, but it didn't really have much of a story. Ooh, they pretty no. much just punched the fuck out of each other for 30 minutes. Uh, didn't didn't really care for it. Besides, you know, you can't deny that how fucking cool it was. But, and for those people, in my personal opinion on it, and I was going to make this, this, this comparison on the forum, but then I realized this is probably like kind of a really obscure comparison. But I know you're going to know what I'm talking about. I said, to me, I judge this up against something say, like, WrestleMania 21 when Hulk Hogan came back and beat up Davari and Hassan. You are introducing, or in that case, reintroducing, somebody to the audience. It's an audience who knows them. When they hear that music, when they see that guy, they have an expectation in their head of what they hope to see happen here. And that is what this was the people in that arena knew Shinsuke Nakamura couldn't fucking wait to see Shinsuke Nakamura and when Shinsuke Nakamura went through that curtain they wanted to see his signature stuff and a match of two guys leathering the fuck out of each other they got Shinsuke Nakamura doing his signature stuff and two guys leathering the fuck out of each other that's what it was that's all it need to be, and I think if you are really heavily criticizing the way that they went about it, or story this, or comparing it to a conventional match, you're you're overthinking it. You're really overthinking it, because how could you argue with how over it was? Yeah, I to the people that think there was no story involved, I I completely disagree with that one hundred percent. I think Nakamura is almost being treated like Lesnar. You have Lesnar. He's the MMA guy that now is the suplex guy. That's his style. Nakamura is being booked and driven to us as the king of strong style. Will it work if there's five or six more guys that come in here like that? No. But as long as Nakamura is the only strong style guy in there, it'll work. Sami Zayn is the golden boy face of the franchise. He knows what's coming in. He was defending his home turf against this outsider. And he went to that style and he got beat because he got away and out of his game plan. I, I, I think it's a pretty basic story. Okay. You know, yeah. You know. I, hey, I'm with you. I liked, I liked it. I liked it. Yeah. Um, I, you're you're going to have a hard time finding something that's going to beat that this year. Okay. So you're in the, you're in the match of the year. Uh, oh, it's match of the last two years, at least. Okay. okay. <laughs> hey, fuck it. All right. I, I don't know how far, far back I will go to find a match that I liked as much as it, you know, uh, it, it, I still don't think it beats Sasha against Bailey from Brooklyn. That's yeah. Grown yeah. men in tears. Grown <laughs> men in tears. I, I like that Shocky. match. Not me. I don't cry. But fucking <laughs> there was some. Um, but hey, I, I, you know what though? As far as, as me, uh, like I said, I kind of, I don't even know if I really judge it against other matches just because of how unique it was. But I also still think it was a hell of a lot of fucking fun. And an extremely enjoyable part of the show. And completely, 100% accomplished what it set out to accomplish. Exactly. So, what I was cannot... he supposed to do? <laughs> well, yeah, and that's what, I say, that's what I say, you know, that's when I say, I think you're overthinking it if you really 
want to shit on this match because what else? Obviously, they gave the crowd what they wanted. They gave the crowd what the crowd came there for. What else were they supposed to do? Not do all the signature spots? Not do the match that everybody wanted to see? What the fuck? I, you know? Yeah, let's have a Stone Cold match end with no stunner or no, no stomping a mud. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's ridiculous. <laughs> There's no way to, for me to segue ridiculous. I guess because the match really wasn't ridiculous between no. between Oscar uh, and Bailey. The only thing that I, the only thing that the criticism that I had for the show, which for me, if I was grading it, I, the only reason I would give it an A minus instead of an A is... I really, from the beginning, was talking about how I would have done the match order differently. Mm -hmm. Because, especially, I knew it at the time upon watching it, but especially on a rewatch, Oscar versus Bailey and Balor versus Joe were fucking excellent matches. Yes. Excellent. The crowd was kind of out of it. They kind of blew their load on Nakamura Zane, rightfully so. And it was just kind of hard putting all those things together. I would have definitely started off with Zane and Nakamura and tried to give people time to get back into it. Um, because I feel, I feel especially, especially Oscar and Bailey did not receive the level of attention or level of involvement from the crowd that it deserved. Because that was a fucking beautiful job of meshing two styles together and having one person's style being constantly countered by the other person's style and vice versa. Both ladies had an answer for everything that the other one was trying to do. Um, I would have liked to see the go home segment be another two minutes long. I felt like it kind of came out of nowhere mm-hmm. and I, and what it, it all, it especially frustrated me because I knew exactly what they were trying to do and I appreciated it. You know, I I like that you're gonna have Bailey finally lose that belt, be only because she was in a situation that there was nothing to be done. She just got choked out, you, and everybody's fucking brain needs oxygen. You're gonna you're gonna choke out if you get put in that move. Um, so I loved that finish, but I would have liked to have seen Oscar going for it for the whole match and Bailey avoiding it. Yeah, and Bailey getting out of it and then getting snagged right back in it. You know what I mean? Like I would have, I would have, and the announcers could have helped and told the story because the announcers in NXT actually fucking do that. What? Um, where they could have helped and told the story of like, you know, holy shit! If, if Oscar gets her, Bailey's going to be in a lot of trouble, and Bailey's doing everything she can to avoid this move and this, that, and the other. So you really set up that that's going to be the crucial killer if if Oscar gets it, and then once she does get it. Bailey's scrambling desperately to get away and just can't, and then she passes out. I would have just liked to see the ending be a little longer and a little more nuanced. But besides that, I thought the match was fucking beautiful. What about you? I, I'm with you. I like I said, I felt that it just missed a little bit, and I think you hit most of that uh, that I would have hit on. It, it it just felt that there was just a little bit of something missing to it. But other than that, it was it was a freaking great match. Um, the crowd, yeah, the crowd was just out of it, but they were they were still good considering the drain that they went through yeah. you know <laughs> from the match before i mean they, they still tried but i mean at some point you got to give yourself you got to give yourself a chance to recuperate and um it's just unfortunate that because i think bailey losing 
clean like that should have been a bigger deal. It should deal have been a it, huge fucking yeah, deal. Yeah, than what it felt monumental, like. and it just did not feel that way, which is really a shame. Yeah, and it's nothing to what those two, the two did. It, it, it was just yeah. the way the way it happened, and we 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 talked on this a couple months ago. The last time we were on, uh, just you and I, we saw this card coming, and we knew it was going to be loaded. And can you get that crowd to sur- survive? Because there really wasn't nothing bad on the card. You yeah. know, we can see that from two months out, and we just figured that this this is what would have happened, and it did. And Bailey and Asuka ended up getting the you know the the shit end of the stick, and they still did a, a damn good job. What's funny is we're going to give it to them again because there's something else I wanted to cover, and we're going to go back to Nakamura <laughs> because we we went into the match, and I think it, it's crazy that we've gotten to the point of we're like over it. You know, the fact that he's he's fucking here. Yeah, Shinsuke Nakamura is fucking in in the WWE and worked the fucking NXT house show last night, and and just. My God, that entrance. <laughs> How much of a fucking rock star is this guy? Like, just insanity. Insanity! Like, that entrance was fucking nuts! Yeah, the charisma is just oozes off of that guy. Yeah. He just, he just draws you in. And, I don't know if you've seen it, but have you seen who his translator is on TV? We get uh, we get Funaki back. Yes, now. from some Funaki action. Yeah. <laughs> yes. In his in his new WWE role of be friends with Japanese people who come over. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. He's just always with them. Like Abushi was in the crowd and fucking. There's Funaki. Yeah. Um. God, don't do the Godzilla translation for the love of God, <laughs> please. I think, I think we're past that. Uh, I hope. But one can only hope. Um. Balor and Joe. Hmm. It's very unfortunate. And, you know, there were people online. Mick Foley was getting all fucking his panties in a twist about it. Like, oh, they're, you know, you guys are fucked up. He, they were just trying to check on the safety of a wrestler and da-da-da-da. Dude. <laughs> yeah. Dude. It's a fucking pressure cut from a headbutt. It happens in the UFC all the fucking time. Any first aid guy who's right there on the scene can jump in there, take a look at it, see what it is, try to seal it up with some... Liquid stitches, but that's fucking all that needs to happen. We don't need to be doing this. Let's wipe his chest with a towel every fucking 30 seconds. Especially a cut like that. And that's what I was saying, you know, on the forum during live during the match. And and to my wife who was watching with me, I said, they need to give up. Like, dudes, it's not happening. Like, no. that cut, the way that cut happened and what it is, it's you're not closing it. Either he's going to be bloody as fuck or this match has to stop and happen tomorrow because that's the only two options here. You're going to have to have it, you know, set up a ring on the fucking Hall of Fame stage and have this match tomorrow night at the Hall of Fame if you don't want any blood. Because from this point on, he is going to fucking bleed from that cut just the way it was. And they just could not stop and it totally fucked up the match for no reason because he was still all bloody. And it's a shame because, man, I felt the way that Joe is... Just no selling the demon's entrance, just staring yeah. a hole through him. It's like the holy shit! I'm, I was getting pumped. I was getting goosebumps because it's like Joe is gonna fucking put on a show tonight. Yep. And you know what would have worked? You know what would have worked? The blood, the blood worked. The stoppages worked. The first one, maybe two times. But then when it became such a fucking distraction, it would have worked if Joe's pushing the doctors away 
You, you know, know it would have been great even furthermore? The first time, okay, cool. It doesn't work. The second time they come back, if he would have fucking thrown the doctor like over oh, the my fucking gosh. rails and yeah. be like, I'm fucking done with this. I don't care. And then continue in the match. Like, yeah, that would was be great, man. He, he threw Balor into the crowd. <laughs> and they're like, okay, <laughs> there's, there's, your, there's your doctor. And, he's, yeah. and he, he pushes the doctor away the first time. Perfect. This dude's a killing machine. And he's coming after your champion. I thought it was Joe's best performance until the damn doc. And, you know, I, I almost think because I think they said Vince was at this takeover. Yeah. And I think if he wasn't there, it might have played out a little bit different. But I, I think he was probably making the call. I, I don't know. No, if that's the case, if you're a major promoter or something like that, you need to fucking you need to to know these types of things better. Like, how do I, you know. I'm a fucking viewer of MMA. I'm a wrestling fan. The second it happened and where it was at and and the way things were and the fact that it came out of nowhere from, like, no move, I knew exactly what happened. That is a, a headbutt pressure cut above his mm. fucking eye or right below his eye. That's it. Like, that cut's going to fucking bleed now. Like, there's no closing it. There's nothing to be done. The second it gets touched again, it's going to start bleeding again. Like I said... Just get over it. Like, it's either there's going to be blood or we're having this match next week. And, and this, they just didn't seem to know that or ignored it. And, and it's one thing if it's your WWE title match where you're still protecting the WWE brand because those guys are going to be seen on Raw. This is, this is NXT. These are, this is an adult audience. It's fucking 1130 at night on the East Coast. So 1130 <laughs> at night. You have a arena full of 20 30 something year old males on a network that is mostly subscribed to by 20 to 30 year old males People who've who grown up <laughs> who grew Hello? up watching blood you know and like i said this wasn't you know a, a horrible accident where a, a, an artery was you know oh we, yeah. we really need to stop this shit or he's dude's got a broken nose I or mean, a he was pretty fucking good he was bleeding good <laughs> but it, like i said it was it made it was just made worse looking by the amount of you know, perspiration on his body yeah, and just yeah. the where where the cut was. It was just going to bleed, but it wasn't. He wasn't going to gush to death, and he knew it too. And you know, he, and he you could tell he was frustrated, and both Balor was frustrated. Yeah, and it, it takes away from what would and what had the feel and what they did without the distraction. It was a good match. It's just that this policy has just. Uh, I mean, I was aggravated the last time with the Iron Man match. You know, that, that that's the last uh, memorable one that I can remember with Randy Orton and John Cena. But, you know, it's an Iron Man match. Those guys got to go an hour. Yeah. I get it. You don't want someone bleeding the entire time for an hour. Well, nobody stopped uh, Taker and Brock. Oh, well, who's going to go in there exactly, and stop Taker? Fucking, <laughs> that's what I do. I'd be like, yo, that's what I told him. If I was one of those doctors, I'm not even trying because what are you going to do? Okay, I'll get fired. I, Brock Lesnar is going to beat me up if I try to fucking stop his bleeding. He will hurt me fucking permanently. What yeah. is this? You aren't going to do nothing like that. Uh, so, yeah, it all depends on. Uh, it was. And, you know, <laughs> and I'll touch on something here real quick because we kind of skipped that match at Mania. We brought up Brock and bleeding. Oh. Out of all the times that Brock Lesnar has bled, the one match where it actually would have worked for him to bleed, he didn't bleed. Yeah, and right. the fact that uh, they used none of the weapons that they showed leading up to the fucking show. Yes. I'm sorry, we went off on a tangent there. Letdown City. Yeah, Take that was. was not a letdown, although that no. was a bit of a muddled. 
And no, and to no fault of the guys involved. Nope, absolutely not. Without the stoppages, or if you would have used the stoppages uh, to the effect that they could have been used, it would have been a fucking damn fine, uh, damn fine show, yep. or a damn fine match. Uh, so let's go through the debuts of Monday. <laughs> um, a lot of people seemed surprised that. Uh, that Baron Corbin and, and, and Apollo Crews were the first ones. I'm personally not, uh, but what, what's, what's your take on the, those two first? I think I said after the Baron Corbin match at TakeOver, what is left for him to do in NXT? Yep. You know, are they going to put him in a title program? No, because if they were going to do it, they would have done it already. And it, there's just literally nothing for him. So him debuting, he's a big guy, winning the battle royal perfect yeah fantastic and then i could have gone without the double count out the dolph ziggler on monday night because i god forbid but um fucking the nxt call up kiss of death the fucking non-finished fucking feud with dolph ziggler yep yeah so tyler breeze says hello and then um cruz yeah from what i've read is that they think he's ready and he's not going to grow anymore in NXT because he needs to be around people that are a little more further developed. Yeah. And, you know, he they're just going to throw him in with the, the main roster and see how it goes. I mean, a dude, dude's an athletic specimen. I mean, I, like I told everybody, he's going to go just as far, if not further, than Neville because yeah. that's basically what he is. He's yeah. the black Neville. I mean, he's a moveset, great physique. A little more charisma. A little, little shaky on the mic. A little more charisma. Um, I think, personally, he'd make a fucking fantastic... Well, you know, I brought it up before. A fantastic um, Shelton Benjamin uh, upper-class athlete style um, style heel. MVP. Uh, yeah. I actually had a fucking wild idea. I can't remember if I texted you. But um, how cool <laughs> and how forward-leaning and kind of uh, modernized and contemporary, that's the word I'm looking for, would a not the authority but a new version of evolution be, but there's, it's comprised of, you know, a couple of guys are minorities. Roman Reigns, it's your champ. Apollo Crews is your fucking mid-level guy. Good-looking guy. Great fucking athlete little bit green, little bit shaky on the mic. Well, there you go. You put him with fucking Triple H. Roman Reigns. Apollo Crews. Um, who were the other two fucking guys I thought of? I can't remember who the other two guys I thought of beneath them were. Um, shit, maybe Baron Corbin. Maybe you bring Charlotte in and you have a woman in it. Mm. Because she's top of the game leading things. She's part of the evolution of the business. Remember, that's what they said that it was. Yeah. This is evolution. It's the evolution of the business. Roman Reigns, he's your next big star. Apollo Crews, an African American uh, in that spot, in a suit, in nice clothes, uh, you know, representing himself well. Um, the, a woman involved, Charlotte, um, who's at the top of the game, leading the way. And then, you know, two other guys work the tag team scene. That would put those guys over, give them something to do, and then how great would a fucking would whoever you pick to be that tag team for the, for Evolution to be the champs and have them go against the other people who debuted fucking Enzo and Cass, <laughs> who are about as anti-establishment and anti-corporate as it fucking gets. 
Yeah, that that was one hell of a <laughs> that was one hell of a debut. Fair fucking fair play to Bubba and Devon. So few people seem to understand, and maybe it's just the WWE that doesn't understand. Seem to understand what goes into putting someone over mm-hmm. and letting someone get over on you. And Bubba and Devon did a fucking beautiful job of it on Monday. They let those guys come out. They let those guys make themselves on at Bubba and Devon's expense. And Enzo Amore was fucking fire on the mic. He was perfect. The delivery was fantastic. I don't see how. Anybody who was watching that show is not going to be excited when that music hits next week and the week after and the week after and the week after. It's fantastic. So excited to see them. So happy to see them finally up there. Yeah, he he was a breath of fresh air on that microphone for the yep. main roster. I mean, yep. that that was something else. Um, God, the only, the only thing that I dread, and I think you might know where I'm going with this, is with them on main roster. I think Vince is pretty impressed with, obviously, the, the mic skills and the charisma of an Enzo. But he's looking at Big Cass. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know he's all over the Big Cass push that's coming. Maybe yeah. I'm a little naive or a little bit optimistic, but I think now that we went past the Daniel Bryan stage and you know we're in an era where AJ Styles is the number one contender, where... AJ Styles and Chris Jericho was one of the biggest matches on the show where Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, who aren't exactly fucking Lex Luger, are, you know, one of the best feuds on the show. I am just about to... I mean, there's always going to be an advantage given to big guys who can work. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if you look at the call-ups, Baron Corbin, big guy, uh, legit athletic background, um, Apollo Crews. Not tall, but fantastic physique, legit athletic background, big cast, seven foot tall, basketball player. I think there's always going to be an advantage given by that, but I don't necessarily think that not being that is 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 nearly as big of a demerit as before. And to try and get this point across and try to you know uh, assuage some of those fears from people. I mean, we all know that there was a gigantic overhaul in um, talent development, in recruiting. It used to be uh, Johnny Laurinaitis, you know. And there was Apollo's policies in place for a long time. If they're not, I can't, you know, there's all sorts of fucking shit that was floating around the internet. 05, 06, 07, right? Uh, Minimum 6'2", 220 pounds, no one over 30. No one over 30 recruit from colleges for, you know, sports teams and acting schools. And yeah. and I'm not – this is not a fucking joke. This is – I mean, Jim Ross talks about it on his on his podcast. Like, this was really what their developmental process was for a while. And I don't know and where they, had, the fuck and, they were going with this. but And, and in and contrast, then, like, Jim Ross before was recruiting football players and recruiting athletes. And, and on the women's side – it was 10 times worse. Yes. Where they would have Johnny Laurinaitis. This is, this is not an exaggeration. He would literally um, read through like lingerie magazines and Hawaiian tropics uh, calendars 
and you know, let's get a hold of that girl's agent and see what they think. And oh, we'll train them to work when they get down here. Jim Cornette on his show tells stories about how they would get girls from the Hawaiian Tropic uh, calendars and from lingerie magazines, and they would get in the ring and would nearly pass out after running the ropes four times. Because they had zero athletic ability or wrestling yeah. skill or anything. But who gives a shit? So, <laughs> the way that they do... And then, um, we saw... And that's why we're still, you know, so many WrestleManias on, we're still talking about The Undertaker and John Cena and Batista and people like that are in main event matches and Randy Orton. Because during, from out of that group, during that span, when when that's how talent development and talent recruitment worked, they got nothing. They have no, they got no one out of that at all. I'm not, this is not confirmed. You know, we haven't seen this anywhere except for in the results that someone somewhere saw this and said there needs to be major changes. We need to take a different direction with this. And that's where you got Triple H put in, put in charge of it. That's where we got the Performance Center created. We got NXT and they changed how, who, and what they did as far as recruiting went. And now you, we have what we have. So somewhere along the line, the way they looked at it changed. And now we have what we have. So I would tell you, and I would tell everybody out there, try not to be too afraid of the big man, little man thing. If a little guy is good, he's going to make it nowadays. Uh, well, I, I guess uh, you're, you're right in that I, I just... Yeah, as you've been as, you've been beaten into into such such fear. You'll never get over it. It's like yeah, it, it, yeah. It's just as long as Vince has a say, he's gonna like the guy with the big the big body. And not that Cass yeah. is a bad worker. I'm not no, saying not that. I just I don't want Enzo to be left behind. Yeah, I got and, you. And I'm kind of you know I know she's not ready yet, but I was kind of upset Carmella didn't make the jump either. Yeah, that was a little bit weird. And what will be weirder is I don't know. It's gonna be kind of weird. Her act's gonna be kind of a little bit odd without them, right? Like her by herself. Yeah, it just doesn't. I seem mean, like I guess she hasn't been one hundred percent connected with them for a while. You know, she's been doing a lot of stuff by herself uh, in singles matches and then singles stuff. But with them completely gone, it's gonna be a little bit odd. Yeah, if they bring her up after SummerSlam at the Brooklyn show or whatever, that might help shoot a little bit more. Yeah, fire into them going forward. Agreed. Agreed. Well, so we're looking forward. Payback looks good. Um, and while I think both of us agree WrestleMania was a shit fest, um, I think we're, we're we're feeling pretty good about the direction that we're we're going here. Yeah, we're with looking, both the main roster and NXT. Yeah. Like, so Payback, we're looking at Styles and Reigns, which should be good. And I guess we're getting we got the tease of Ambrose and Jericho. Yep. Which that should have been a mania match, but you know I'm not complaining about what happened. <laughs> but you know Ambrose defending his title, IC title against Jericho would have been just good at WrestleMania, but that didn't happen. So we'll we'll get the the closure to the feud that started back in September. Yeah. So we're we're feeling good about the direction, though. Yeah. 
I would I would hope so. It, you know, it's going especially especially the main roster. NXT's good because of the exposure. The main roster is going to hit the post mania law at some point. I hope we make it to, you know, mid May or so. But uh that I, I still suspect that the next couple of weeks on Raw are gonna be kind of phoned in until we get to the London. Okay. Well, I, I don't know. I, I like the I like the momentum. I like the direction that they took after Mania. Um, I like, I like the direction. Like- I do not like Callisto somehow once again being left off the show and the U.S. title uh, being forgotten. U.S. Um, title. So much potential. So much star potential. John, just, John Cena. Just dollars everywhere. Just laying around. Yeah, and exactly. After what John Cena did last year. John Cena the title can't make it on the show. title so much last year. Yeah. Ugh. But in general, the tag division was uh, pretty revitalized. I like that because um, we got three new teams. Uh, Golden Truth looked like it's going to be for real pretty soon. Yep. Um, and so when Cass made the jump and are, looked like they're going to be a regular part of, you know, a major part of the show. And then the Vaud Villains uh, made their debut on SmackDown, which I could go either way on them a lot of the time. But they, I think they'll be they'll make a decent uh a decent contribution. So I like the direction that we're headed. Didn't much care for Mania, but it's I'm I'm very interested in in where we're going on, on both the main roster and NXT. Yeah, long term it looks good. Um, so thank everybody for joining in with us today. Uh, follow the show for updates and to uh, bullshit around. It's a uh, Wrestling Wars PC on Twitter at Wrestling Wars PC. Uh, Shockey, you're at Uncle Shockey, correct? Correct. On, on Twitter. Get on there. We're always down. Like I said, like I always say, and like me and KB covered on the last show, we I shoot me up with um, you know, questions, stuff you want us to cover on the show via Twitter, and I will be happy to jump on those things during the show and uh, give our, our good, honest, straightforward opinion. We thank everybody for joining us. Thank you, Shockmaster, for joining me for the show. Thanks for having me. And uh, I'm sure we'll be talking soon, and thank you, everybody, for listening. We will be back in the near future, probably next week, with the continuation of what's going on. And also, very soon, um, I will have KB on here. Who's, he was down there live at every one of these shows. He's going to give us what the live experience was like. It'll probably be a special sort of mini episode that will come out within the next few days. And also, I will have the newly and recently debuted on iPay-Per-View body guy, Roy Johnson, will be back also to tell us about that experience and uh, update us on what's going on with him. So, everybody stay tuned for that. We're just getting started. I was a highway man Along the coach roads I did ride Sword and pistol by my side Many a young maid lost her baubles to my trade Many a soldier shed his lifeblood on my blade The master hung me in the spring of 25 But I am still alive I was a sailor I was born upon the tide With the sea I did abide 
the Horn of Mexico I went aloft to furl the mainsail in a blow And when the yards broke off they said that I got killed But I'm living still I was a dam builder Across the river deep and wide Where steel and water did collide A place called Boulder on the wild Colorado I slipped and fell into the wet concrete below They buried me in that great tomb that knows no sound But I'm still around I'll always be around Around and around Fly a starship Across the universe divide And when I reach the other side I'll find a place to rest my spirit if I can Perhaps I may become a highwayman again Or I may simply be a single drop of rain But I will remain I'll be back again 